Welcome to the Hope Unlimited Church Podcast. We are so honored to connect with you, and we pray that you will be encouraged and inspired by this week's message. Go with me to the book of Psalms, chapter number one. We're going to go to the Psalms, chapter number one. I'm going to read just three quick verses to you, and then we'll start into this. If you remembered last week, I preached on the topic of kingdom atmospheres, kingdom atmospheres. And that is going to be something that I'm going to constantly forever be pushing and prodding and challenging our church to do. Now, I can't yell as much today because my voice is, is all messed up from, from the change of the weather and whatnot. But uh, if, I want you to hang in here with me. This is going to be something that I'm always pushing and challenging our church to do and be is we have to make sure we create a hot enough environment where the seed of the kingdom of God can bring forth the fruit that it was called to bring forth. Amen? Amen. The, the, you know, there are some things that you cannot grow in this region. If you were to plant a garden, there are some things you can't grow in this region from seed because there's not enough heat. It, it gets hot here, but it doesn't stay hot long enough to grow things that you have to grow in other regions that are hotter. So what we have to do is we have to go buy something that somebody else grew because we don't have enough heat of our own. And I declare that's not going to be the picture of the church in this city. We're not going to. That's why all of our churches are looking the same because we're having to go buy something that. Some Somebody else grew because we don't have enough heat of our own. I declare we're going to make sure this remains a hot house where the seed of the kingdom of God can produce everything that it was called to produce. Can I get a witness from somebody? So we talked about kingdom atmospheres, and we're going to make sure that it stays hot. We're going to make sure that it stays hot in worship. I know you don't worship like this at probably the church you are from. We haven't even got started yet on what worship's going to look like in this house. We've not even got started yet on what the altars are going to look like in this house. I'm doing it here a little and there a little on purpose, but I'm going to challenge a generation and a group of people to say, let's lay down our life to create a hot house so the kingdom of God can impact our city in the name of Jesus. Jesus, amen and amen. You with me? I read a I read a heartbreaking story about a, about a beloved pastor this week. I've never met him. I don't know him. Uh, who uh, took his own life because he was struggling with anxiety and depression. And that is just a microcosm of the people that you go to work with. That's a microcosm of the people that you see walking downtown. That is a microcosm of the people you see shopping at Turkey Creek. That secretly they're fighting all of these battles. And they need something deeper than coming to be a greeter at a church. They need to have an encounter with the presence and the fire of Almighty God. That's why we've got to be a hot house in the name of Jesus. I need somebody to help me preach this this morning. That's why we've got to be a hot house in the name of Jesus. So we talked about kingdom atmospheres last week. I'm going to be preaching on that. I'm going to be pushing that till Jesus comes back. So just get ready. And this morning we're going to talk about something a little different. Let me read these scriptures and I'll give you our subject. Psalm, the book of Psalms, chapter number 1, verse 1. Brandon, uh, wherever you are, could you turn me up? Joey or Brandon, could you turn me up in the... Uh, the monitors, so I'm not having to, to scream too terribly much. Psalm 1, verse 1. Blessed is the man that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. Just give me as much as you can without it feeding back. <clears throat> Blessed is the man that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law does he meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water 
that brings forth his fruit in his, shout the next word, that is not a shout, that will bring forth fruit in his, that will bring forth fruit in his season. Turn me down now, I'm busting my own eardrums. His leaf shall not wither, and whatsoever he does will prosper. He shall be like a tree planted. We've been talking about being planted. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth his fruit in his His leaf shall not wither, and whatsoever he does will prosper. I want to talk to us this morning about kingdom seasons. We preached last week about kingdom atmospheres. Now we're going to talk about kingdom seasons. I don't know if you know this or not, but the, king, the seasons are changing. Just That's why your throat feels the way it does when you wake up in the morning. The seasons are changing. You know, I have, uh, where we live, there is a, uh, there's a new uh, workout gym opening up called Anytime Fitness. And every time I drive by it, I get convicted. <laughs> I have a, I have a me, me and exercise... We've dated on and off for years, but we've never gotten married because I'm afraid of commitment. And uh, so I'm driving by this thing, and I'm thinking, you know, I'm, I'm getting fat. And uh, what, are you, what, are the, what, are you, what are you little what you snickering for? I'm getting fat, and I'm not feeling good, and I need to change my diet, and I need to live a long life, and and all this stuff. So I thought, you know what? I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna sign up for a gym membership. You know how many gym memberships I've had since I've lived here? Do you know how many I've had that I've went unused? We have a young man here that works at Planet Fitness. I had a gym membership. He looked me up one day because I said you need to go ahead and cancel it. He looked me up. I had it for six months. He said you came three times. I said yeah, and two of those were a mistake. I didn't even just show up. <clears throat> And I said, okay, so I'm going to go. I'm going to, and the devil is a liar. You know what's opening up right next to the gym? A new wings restaurant. Because the devil is a liar. It is like heaven and hell next door to each other. It is God and the devil. And I'm looking at this gym and I'm thinking, you know what? I, I, I need to make some changes. I mean, because, because women and men are different about this. Because when women feel like they're gaining weight, they're, they, they think, oh, I need to lose weight so my clothes fit. When men gain weight, we think, I'll just buy bigger clothes. It's not a problem, right? I'll just go shopping and buy bigger clothes. And so I was looking at this. I thought, I need to make some changes. And you see all of these people on TV, all these people that got ripped in five seconds a day from sitting on the couch, right, and doing like an arm thing, and they turned into that. And I'm thinking, I need to make some changes. And I remember the, the, one of the first gym memberships I bought here, I went in there, and I had this guy trying to personally train me, which was quite the experience. I had to be the worst personal training client in the world. Because I came in and I said this, I need to make some changes. Do you see this? I mean, I, I, I need to make some changes. It's a hot mess. I tell people all the time, whenever I have to change clothes at home, I just start praying in the Holy Ghost when my wife walks in so she remembers why she married me. It doesn't look very pretty, but bless God, he's a man of God, and he loves Jesus, and he burns in the Holy Ghost. That's what you got to do sometimes. Don't work hard. Work smart. That's what you got to do sometimes. And I, I walked in there and said, I need to make some changes. Like, no problem. He said, what we'll get you to do is we'll start you on cardio three days a week. I said, whoa, 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 I want some changes, but, but you don't understand, I, I, don't, do, I don't do cardio, I, I don't do that, 
He's like, uh, all, all right, well, well, and then and then we'll get you we'll get you some uh, 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 some pull up push up uh, alternating circuit training routine thing. I was like, wait, 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 wait. Uh, what? what see, I gotta explain to you, but I I don't do. Uh, pull-ups or push-ups. I, I don't do those things. Uh, do, can I walk somewhere? Is there a good walking, a brisk walking pace that I could do? He said, and then we're going to get you on the bench and the squat, get you doing some, this is what he said, get you doing some Olympic lifts. Yeah, that's what I need at 36 years old, to try to become an Olympic weightlifter. That was never in the cards. And then he said, then what we'll do is we'll get you in some MMA classes. Some MMA classes. I looked at the guys in the MMA class. They're 17 years old, but they want to be a fighter for a living. I don't. We're, we have two totally different goals. You hear what I'm saying? And he said, he said, this is the issue. You want the changes, but you don't want to do what you got to do to get to the changes. And I think that's how we live our life sometimes. We want, all, we want God to bring all of this stuff in our life, but we're not willing to do what we got to do to prepare ourselves for God to bring what he wants to bring in our life. Let me say it to you this way. Your Bible says that God is no respecter of persons, and that is true. God does not respect persons, but God does respect principles. And whenever you see somebody that has something in their life that you don't have in your life, instead of us getting envious and jealous over the fact that they have something we don't, it's not because God loves them more. It's because they worked a principle that we've not been willing to work yet. Are you hearing what I'm saying? It's because they've been willing to work a principle that we've not been willing to work yet. Or let me say it to you this way. Let me say it to you this way. Glory comes after order. Glory comes after order. All through your Bible, all through the Old Testament, God would give these great men. He would give them schematics. He would say, David, Moses, I want you to build a tabernacle. And when you build this tabernacle, I want it to be this this many cubits long and this many cubits wide. I want it to be this many cubits high. I want it to be made of this. I want it to be made of gold and silver and brass and badger skins and ram skins. And I want it to be these colors. And God was very meticulous about the tabernacle that he was building. And he said, if you can get this in the order that I'm prescribing it to you, then my glory will fill it. Because glory comes after order. So often we want the glory of God, but we're not willing to submit to the order of God that is prerequisite for us to get the glory of God. I'm preaching better than you shout. Let me, let me say it another way. Let me say it another way. You cannot claim God's promises and then break God's principles. You can't not tithe and then talk about prosperity out of the same mouth. Y'all with me today? You can't not love your wife as Christ loved the church, and wives, submit yourselves to your husbands as unto the Lord. Oh, oh man, that American Christianity came out, didn't it? <laughs> I could say something right now, but I'm not. And, and, I, and, I, and I will say this. I, I do want to go ahead and make this announcement to our church, especially on the heels of the last two weeks. Uh, don't ever expect me to get political because I'm not going to. 
I know there, there's about as many different opinions in here on the state of the nation and the president, the vice president, and everybody else as there are people in this room. I don't think that is our issue to begin with. I think the church is called to have a higher authority than the White House anyway. And so instead of pointing at Washington saying you need to fix this and you need to fix that, I think our assignment is to point to the church and say we got to get on our face and we've got to burn again. And then God can do something in our nation irregardless of who's sitting in the White House or in Congress. Can I get a witness from somebody? So I'm not going to do that. I'm not some dyed-in-the-wool Republican or Democrat. I am a child of God, and I believe in the kingdom of God. And I know that offended some of you, and you'll be, you'll be all right. Just swallow it down, pretend like it didn't say it, let's move on. Okay? But being a Christian and being a Republican are not the same thing. And being a Christian and being a Democrat are not the same thing. And sometimes being a Christian and being an American are not the same thing. And I love America. I've traveled all over the world, and there is not another place on the globe I would rather live than this nation right here. There's not another state I'd rather live in. There's not another city that I'd rather live in this right here. I have a problem. Y'all don't understand. I've got a problem. Me and my wife, we love this city in our bones. I don't know why. The traffic's ridiculous, right? (laughs) But I love this place because God's called us to have a higher authority beyond who is president and vice president. Okay. And I think sometimes we get too, we become more Republican and more Democrat than we do believer. Amen. My allegiance is not on either side of the aisle. I pray for both wings so the whole bird can fly. All right. So don't ever expect me to do that. Back to what I was saying. You thought I forgot, didn't you? You can't have, you can't not have wives, husbands love your wives, wives submit to your husbands, and then declare my marriage is going to have the blessing and the touch of God on it. You cannot tell your kids that grades and school and sports are the most important thing in the world, but then declare that my kid's going to be a burning, fiery, shining light. You don't get that glory until you get God's order. You hearing what I'm saying? That's why he said, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all of these things would be added to you. Most of the time, we seek all of these things, and we want the kingdom to be added. He said, you've got to seek the kingdom, and then all of these things will be added. Glory follows order. You hearing me? Glory follows order. We cannot claim God's promises and then break God's principles. Can't claim God's promises, then break God's principles. It doesn't happen. It doesn't func- function that way. It doesn't work that way. He says, so the man that is blessed, Psalm chapter number one, the man that is blessed, he gets planted by the rivers of water. And I know I've been talking about planted a lot. I know I have. I did it on purpose. It didn't just come out. And he said, if the first step to you being fruitful is you've got to get planted. You cannot. Glory follows order. Right? He doesn't respect persons, but he does respect principles. You cannot believe God to be used greatly, that you're going to be used greatly for the kingdom, and then violate the principle of getting planted in the house of God. We want his promise, but we violate his principle. We want authority on our life, but we're not willing to get up under authority. God will only allow you to walk in authority if you're willing to get up under authority. 
Am I explaining that to you? Are, are you hearing what I'm saying? Do you remember in Matthew chapter number 8 when the centurion came to Jesus and he said, Lord, my servant is lying at home sick. And Jesus said, I'll come heal him. He said, no, no, Lord, don't say come heal him. Don't, 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 come, don't come heal him. Just speak the word and I know that he will be healed. And the centurion said this. He said, because I'm a man under authority and I have soldiers under me. He said, I am leading from a place where I'm in authority and I'm under authority. And because I am in authority and under authority, I can say to this man, go and he goes. I can say to this one, come and he comes. I can say to this one, do this and he does it because I'm in authority and I'm under authority. And Jesus said, there's not been so great faith. Not in all Israel. Now listen, it takes a lot to get Jesus' attention in regards to faith. Peter walked on the water and Jesus said, where's your faith? Are you serious right now? If I took three steps, I would write a book and sell it all over the world and be filthy rich. The time I walked on the water. Did come up with a catchier title than that? What does he say? What does Jesus say? He is recognizing because you understand authority. Because you understand authority. Because you are up under authority, now you get to stand in authority. And when you're in authority, you get to speak to things in your life and tell them to go, and they go. You get to speak to other things in your life and tell them to come, and they come. You get to speak to cancer in your friend's body and say, do this, and it doesn't. Why? Because you're in authority. But you don't get that authority till you get up under authority. We don't get his promises by breaking his principles. You hearing what I'm saying? We don't get his promises by breaking his principles. You don't get to have that kind of authority where you get to look a demon in the eyes and say, come out and leave them be. You don't get that kind of authority till you get up under authority. Can I just talk real plain? You want me to tell you why we cannot speak to sickness and see it go? Because people in our lives can't tell us to do something and us do it. You want me to tell you why we can't look at cancer and say leave? Because somebody can't look at us and say clean. Right? Is that all right? This is supposed to be the the sweet message. I'll get to that in in, in a minute. We've taken a terrible path. You want me to tell you why you can't look at that girl bound by depression, cutting herself? You know why we can't look at her and say be set free? Because somebody can't look at us and say, I need you there by seven. Can I count on you? We want the authority. Want the authority. We're not willing to get up under it. That's why people people in this city view pastors as a dime a dozen. Who ain't worth the money we pay them anyway. But we want the authority. But not willing to get up under it. That's not how the kingdom works. We don't get his promises and break his principles. So he starts talking about seasons in Psalm chapter number one. Blessed is the man that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law does he meditate day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth fruit. Watch this. That brings forth fruit in his, come on, in his his leaf will not wither and whatsoever he does will prosper whatsoever he touches 
It's going to prosper. This is what he is saying. He's saying you can get to a place inside the kingdom of God where everything you touch prospers. I need somebody to help me. You can get to a place in the kingdom of God where everything you do prospers, where everything you set out to do explodes, where you have abundance in every area of your life. Now, I'm going to touch on that in just a minute, a little bit deeper. But before we do that, this, this, might, this might disrupt some of your thinking. This might bother you a little bit, but just, just grin and bear it. As the church, we have to get the church delivered from seasonal thinking. Seasonal thinking, right? We, we, that, that's how we live. It's even embedded in our language. I'm just going through a dry season. We are so about seasons that we think God is holding back all of this stuff until January 1st, 1201, and then God is going to completely unleash the beast on the earth because it is, I mean, we even come up with, with corny cliches, right? Going to heaven in 2011. <laughs> I can't think of any more of that rhyme. But y'all know what I'm talking about. I was trying. I was working. <laughs> 14, 15. Now I give up. But we live in seasons, right? We even get, emo- we even get emotional when people come up to us and they give us those prophetic words. God said, you in a new season. <sighs> Fall out. <laughs> Write songs about it. It's a new season. It's a new. I like that song. I don't agree with the theology, but I like fresh and honey. Here's why I don't get excited about new seasons, because it implies there's going to be an old one coming by, behind it. Okay, we 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 live based on seasons. Basically, we use the seasonal language to explain our ups and downs. What we call seasons. It's actually called inconsistency. I'm going through a dry season. Yeah, but when you don't pray for three months, <laughs> that tends to happen. I'm going through a tough financial season, but you quit giving. That tends to happen. We use this term season as this, as this uh, uh, you hear it all the time. You can get on the internet. You can get prophetic words delivered to your inbox every day about seasons. America's entering into a new season. Let me tell you, I will say this. I will make this political statement. I shouldn't, but I will. Listen to me good. Quit forever believing that whoever gets elected is God's man that's going to turn everything around. I think you should pray, and I think you should vote. I do both. But everybody that comes down the pike, we have prophetic words for. Dear God, I remember when George W. Bush was supposed to be a burning bush in the White House. See what they did there? There was a senator running one time called Sam Brownback, and they were talking about Brownback, Brownbag, and they were trying to connect all these prophetic dots. Stop. In Jesus, it does not matter. Jesus is the answer for our nation. Every time an election cycle rolls around, all these people get pumped up again about, oh, this is the guy. Oh, Donald Trump, he's the 45th president. You know, in Isaiah 45, there was a king named Cyrus that led the Jews out of captivity, and here we go. Are you kidding me 
right now. His name's Trump. It's God's last trumpet. Get. That's what they say. Read a Bible for crying out loud. Right? <laughs> and I, I'm not throwing off on any of the presidents. I, I cheer when they do something I agree with, and I boo when they do something I disagree with. But dear God, can we stop trying to take old biblical kings from the book of Isaiah and saying this is the guy that lives in Washington, D.C.? Jesus, I got that off my chest. Everybody all right now? Can we proceed? Am I right about it? Yes, I'm right about it. There are people online right now that if they heard that, they'd be like, oh, my God. I knew it. There's a devil. There's a wolf in sheep's clothing down there in Knoxville. I swear to God. I swear to God. Somebody, I watched, I watched a preacher the other day say, and, 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 and I, I watched a preacher say the other day, that Donald Trump is the greatest defender of the Christian faith in its history. You don't, you've not read a lot. No Diedrich Bonhoeffer, no Paul the Apostle, any of that ring a bell. And I'm not throwing off on the president. I'm saying, what are we thinking? What are we, quit putting all of our faith in all of these men. Let's pray for them. Let's pray for God to use them. Let's pray for God to, to do something great through them. And let's vote for the ones that we believe stand for godliness and righteousness. But at the end of the day, Jesus is the answer. That's all I'm saying. I'm not saying you should or should not like him. That's not up here trying to tell you that. I'm just saying let's keep our head about us. Right? It's not too much to ask. <laughs> oh, I knew it. Oh, I knew it. <laughs> that little Democrat down there preaching. That's not what I'm saying. That's not what I'm saying. That's what people think. That's not what I'm saying. Yeah, is everybody, is everybody fine? Y'all going to come back next week? I won't say anything else about it, I promise. <clears throat> Unless it comes to me. We got to get out of this seasonal living, right? Seasonal living. Because for the most part, for the Christians, one era of present, I told you I wasn't going to say anything else, it just came to me. <laughs> no. we, we live in these seasons, we live in these up and downs, we live in these roller coaster rides, right? Roller coaster rides. And there's some Christians, all they've ever experienced is a bad season. How you doing? Oh, I'm through a season. I thought you just came out of one. Oh, but that was paradise compared to the season I'm in now. Boy, I wish I could go back to that season. It's like Facebook. I told you all about Facebook. I made the worst decision in my life joining Facebook. But now it has a grip on me like it does all of you. And it's, uh, I'm going to break it in Jesus' name. Nobody has a good day on Facebook. Every day is everybody's worst day of their entire life, right? We live in these seasons. We live in these ups and these downs. We live in these, oh, hey, you almost get afraid to ask Christians, you're doing good. You wouldn't believe. You wouldn't believe. What happened? This morning, I was trying to get to church, couldn't find my car keys, and I knew the devil was hiding them from me. Bless God, I've been in this spiritual warfare season. Out of all of the havoc that Satan, who is not an omnipresent being, out of all of the havoc he could create, he decided to hide your car keys. 
at 9.15 in the morning. Are you telling me he has nothing better to do than hide car keys in the morning? Forget creating civil war in the Middle East and Africa. He put that on hold because he going to hide your car keys. He hid your car keys. Yeah, I'm in, boy, I'm in a season. I'm in a season right now. <laughs> I'm in a season. You hear some people that, I want to look at them and say, that is the most arrogant statement you could possibly make. That you are so important that out of every kind of hell the enemy could be creating on the earth, he decided to hide your car keys and you didn't get your Starbucks on the way in and now you got a caffeine headache and the music's too loud and the whole day is shot. Right? Because I'm in a season. He talks about in Psalms, when you get planted, watch what he says. He says, you will bring forth fruit in your season. But it's not a season like we think about because you got to keep reading. He says, you'll bring forth fruit in your What does that season look like? Your leaf will never wither. And whatsoever you set your hand to is going to prosper. He said, when you get up in the kingdom, when you get planted in the kingdom, every season is your season. You don't have another time in your life where you're going from good to bad to good to bad to things are great to things are horrible to things are great to things are horrible. He says, if you want to end that seasonal living, you got to get up under the order of the kingdom of God. Then you get the glory of it being a season where the leaf in your life never withers where everything you touch prospers. I believe you can get to a place in the kingdom where the amount of money you make right now is the least amount of money you will ever make in your life. Can somebody believe that with me? Can you believe that in 2018, this is the when you file your tax returns next year, that's the least amount of money you'll ever make in your life because your leaf is not going to wither. You're not going to... You're not going to go backwards, but you're going to be everything you do, everything you do, everything you touch, everything you do is going to prosper. Can somebody believe that with me? I believe that you are as close to your spouse right now. I be, let me say this. I believe you are as far away from your spouse right now as you will ever be. And some of you in here, many of you, you have wonderful, beautiful, incredible marriages. And I declared that the leaf of that marriage is not going to wither. Everything you do is going to prosper. You thought you were in love in 2018. Wait till 2019 comes around. Wait till 2020 comes around. You think your kids serving God now. Wait and see what they look like when they get out of high school. Wait and see what they look like. I need somebody to believe this with me. Because when we get planted inside the kingdom of God, we get his glory. And his glory is, it'll never wither. It'll never wither. I don't care what the economy looks like. I don't care who gets elected, who does what, who gets in what war. I do not care because we don't live based upon seasons. We've got to get that fear out of our life. Bless God, if North Korea and America get in a war, the stock market's going to crash. It doesn't matter. Your leaf's not going to wither because you got planted up under the kingdom of Almighty God. Can I get a witness from somebody Huh? I don't care. I don't care. It's not going to wither. Whatever you do is going to prosper. That's why I preach so much on order and being planted and the principles of the kingdom of God. Because if we can submit to God's order, then we get God's glory. And his glory looks like the leaf never withers. Whatever you do will prosper. Whatever you do will prosper. For the last 15 years, every year of my life, 
Every year of my life, our income has gone up dramatically, 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 dramatically. Not because the church is paying me more, because it ain't. Believe me, I took a pay cut to be here. I took a pay cut from the church, and we'll make more money this year than we ever made. Because the leaf, don't worry, where your money come from? Oh, I got all kinds of stuff you don't know about. But the leaf, ah, don't even get me on that. You got to have more than one stream of income. <laughs> if you think your buddy at the plant who's your boss is the only stream of income, you got to get out of that thinking. You got to get out of that thinking. Because there's a place you can get to where the leaf never withers. And everything you do will prosper. Everything you do will prosper. Go ahead and start that business. Because if you get planted in the kingdom and do it God's way, it'll, it'll prosper. Go ahead and launch what you've been. Go ahead and launch that dream that's in your belly. Because if you get planted in the kingdom of God, if you do it God's way, guess what will happen? Everything you touch is going to prosper. You're going to have the Midas touch. Oh, hallelujah, I feel that. I declare that over everybody in this church. You got the Midas touch. That whatever you set your hand to, it prospers in the name of Jesus. Whatever you set your hand to prospers in the name of Jesus. Does anybody believe this with me? Or am I down here by myself? Whatever you put your hand to, it's going to prosper. It's not going to wither. It's going to prosper. It's going to prosper. It's going to prosper. Whatever you do. But you have to do something. Because God blesses the works of your hands. When you, we would preach like this at the ministry we came from. We had a Bible school down there. And we would preach about this and we'd get all excited. And they would all come up to me and they'd say, oh, I'm connecting you. So when an 18-year-old who's starving, living on ramen noodles, hears a word about prosperity, they're like, oh, tell me more. And I say this, I say, you got to do something. You got to find out what God's put on the inside of here, and you got to make it manifest and make it happen. You got to get after it. I say, that's right. He said, I've been going to the mailbox every day, and on the way to the mailbox, I've been praying in the Holy Ghost, waiting for that check. What, what check? What check you talking about? You got to do something. Listen, God's you will never locate God's blessing in your life till you locate God's gifting in your life. The blessing God wants to send you is connected to what God's wired you to do. We'll talk more about that later. You ain't ready for that yet. You have to do something. Everything you touch will prosper. You won't live in a season. Could you imagine? And I know some people don't like that because we like staying the victim. But could you imagine getting to a place where you never use that language again? How are you doing? Oh, I'm in a season. I'm in a season. How are you doing? Blessed. And I'm not giving you some church cliche. Blessed and highly favored. No, I'm, I mean I'm blessed. I mean I'm blown away by what God's done in my life. Because there's some principles from the word of God. I got my marriage in order according to this book. I got my marriage in order. according. I started speaking and communicating to my wife the way this Bible tells me to communicate to her. And it's, been, it's done amazing things in our marriage. Instead of getting all hot and angry and rage and wrathful and mean-spirited, I started to speak to her with love and grace and kindness. And now we are closer to each other than we've ever been before. What happened? Glory's coming on your marriage because order came to your marriage. How are you doing? How are you doing? Oh, I've got more money in my pocket than I've ever had in my life. What happened? Oh, I started tithing. And then I didn't just start tithing. I started giving offerings. I started giving above and beyond my tithe. I started giving every time God told me to. Every church service I went into, I'd have to rip a button off my shirt if I had to. But I'd throw something in the offering plate and then God, because I obeyed God's order, now I got God's glory. Don't claim promises and then violate principle. Right? 
And then we look at people walking in blessing. I'm telling you, people, church people are funny about blessing. They, I'm telling you, they get funny on you. You ever had, a, I've had them walk up to me. You ever had somebody in church ask you, where'd you get those shoes? And you have to lie about it. You're like, oh, man, these things, man, I don't even know. And you want to say Zappos, they were $400. But you're like, oh, man, I don't even remember some website. Because if you really told them the blessing you're walking in, they look at you funny. They'd be like, I wouldn't spend no $400 on those shoes. I didn't ask you, did I? You would if you had it. You hear what I'm saying? Church people are weird about blessing. You got to downplay what God's doing in your life. <laughs> Roll up in a new car and park in the back. So nobody knows it's you because they start looking funny. And it's worse for preachers. Oh, it's way bad for preachers. Notice you had a new car, Pastor. Where'd that come from? You didn't pay for it. Calm down. What you should see is the new house to go with it. Y'all ain't ready for that. What happened? I got in the order of the kingdom of God, and now I've got the glory of God on my life, and my leaf's not going to wither. And you know what I'm going to drive next year? Something better than this. You know what I'm going to live in five years from now? Something better than this. Because I don't live in a season. I said I don't live in a season. Is there anybody that can make that declaration with me? We ain't going to live in seasons. I said we're not going to live in seasons. Up one day and down the next. Got money in your pocket and broke the next. We ain't going to live in seasons. It's not going to wither in Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to this week's message. If you enjoyed this podcast and would like to give, please visit hopeunlimited.church give. To stay connected, follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Hope Unlimited Church.